Hello listeners and welcome to this, the first of the Hobby Support Group Ancillary episodes. This is episode 7B, part 1, A History of the War of the Roses. Today we are looking at the background to the War of the Roses up to the death of Richard, Duke of York. So, we will start with looking at the War of the Roses with Henry V. Henry V, 1387 to 1422, not only led two successful invasions of France, but also secured royal authority throughout his realm. Henry's father, Henry Bolingbroke, had disposed his cousin, Richard II, in 1399, and ascended to the throne as Henry IV. The insecurity of the realm, foisted by his father's usurpation of the crown, lasted right until the end of Henry IV's reign, and can well be demonstrated by the military career of Henry V, while still then the Prince of Wales, who had spent close to a decade leading men against Owen Grindar, who had claimed himself the true Prince of Wales. He was age 16 and leading men alongside his father at the Battle of Shrewsbury against Henry Hotspur Percy, who had also had a claim upon the throne, that young Prince Henry was wounded with an arrow in the face, but the royalist forces prevailed and the Percy claim to the throne was destroyed. Henry IV died in 40 and the then 26-year-old prince took the throne as Henry V. Conspirators hoped to unseat him in favour of Edmund Mortimer, Richard II's presumptive heir. Mortimer himself was a faithful servant to both Henry V and Henry's son, Henry VI. After executing several nobles for plotting and crushing the rebellion raised on religious grounds by the Lollard John Oldcastle, Henry was able to turn his eye to France. This united the nation behind him. When Charles VI of France refused Henry's demands, including among them the return of Aquitaine, a two million crown payment, among many other outrageous claims, Henry gathered his army and in 1415 sailed for France. The 1415 campaign was crowned when on October 25th, 1415, Henry's army defeated a much larger French force at Agincourt. A prelude of what was to happen to the nobles taken prisoner during the Wars of the Roses and in a clear break with the Chavalric tradition happened during the battle. Fearing the French prisoners taken earlier in the battle could attempt to overpower their captors and attack his men from behind if the French forces rallied and again attacked his lines, Henry gave the order that the prisoners should be killed. They were duly butchered. Henry returned to England a hero. He returned to France in 1417 and campaigned successfully, which ended in the Treaty of Troyes in 1420, made Henry and his descendants the heir to the French crown and married Henry to Charles's daughter Catherine. The royal couple arrived in England in 1421. Their only son was born soon after. Henry V returned to France to deal with territories allied with the disinherited Dauphin, his wife's brother, the future Charles VII. On August 31, 1422, Henry V died of dysentery, most likely contracted in victory at the Siege of Mar in the May of that year. Upon his father's death, the baby Henry took the jewel crowns of England and France. Faithful of the chaos that had fostered during previous royal minorities, there was a great and general effort to make the regency work and to ensure Henry VI's reign would be a success. Starting in the 1430s, 
and the north of England, a massive economic depression began that over the years would spread to cover the whole country. The triple shocks of a right of a series of poor harvests, virulent disease outbreaks which decimated livestock, and a general trading crisis across northern Europe became known as the Great Slump. This economic depression would last almost 50 years and would have some limiting factors on the scope of the War of the Roses, which prevented them from escalating into a scale of perpetual violence like the later civil wars of the 17th century. Following the death of, Regent of Henry V's death, a Regency Council was formed to govern until the inking Henry VI came of age to rule independently. Henry V's brother, John Duke of Bedford, was appointed as senior regent and put in charge of the campaign in France. During his absence, his younger brother Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, acted as Lord Protector of England. Following the Duke of Bedford's death in 1435, the Duke of Gloucester claimed the regency for himself, despite disagreements from other members of the Regency Council. Henry VI grew up to be an almost perfectly ill-suited medieval monarch. He was timid, disliked conflict, fell utterly under the whim of those who was around, was often seen to be concerned only with matters of faith, and ignored all martial and material matters. Factions formed around the court due to the conflict in France. Henry's uncle, the Duke of Gloucester, and Richard, Duke of York, argued for the continuation of the war, but the Earls of Suffolk and Somerset, whom Henry was much influenced by, favoured peace. Timeline to the War of the Roses 1445. Suffolk and Somerset contract a marriage they believe will lead to peace, which sees Henry VI marry Margaret of Anjou, the niece of Francis King Charles VII. As a condition of the marriage, Henry is forced to agree to return the lands of Maine and Anjou to the French, at the great pleasure of both Gloucester, York and the people of England. Having made his anger and contempt for the marriage of Henry to Margaret known, the Duke of Gloucester is summoned before Parliament on the charge of treason. He is arrested and placed in custody where he dies before facing trial. Edmund Beaufort is appointed Lieutenant of France over Richard of York, who had expected to be reappointed to the position. Richard, Duke of York, is now the presumptive heir, excluded from court, and is given a role governing Ireland. The situation in France further deteriorates, and more English positions are lost. 1450. Jack Cade leads a rebellion starting in Kent, directed at the King's councillors, who the rebels claim are using their influence on the King for their own gains and to the detriment of the country. In June, the rebels defeated a force of King Henry's men at Sevenoaks and marched on to London. After ransacking the city and crossing London Bridge to the south, Jack Cade's men were prevented from crossing back to the north by angry Londoners. The rebels were defeated and fled, and Jack Cade himself caught and killed. William de la Pole, Duke of Suffolk, was accused by Parliament of being the main cause of the country's problems. Suffolk was arrested and imprisoned. The King allowed the Duke to be banished rather than executed, but he was murdered before he could leave for his exile. 1451 Henry VI bestows dukedoms, usually reserved for peers of princely blood, on the Earls of Suffolk and Somerset. Despite the revolt the previous year, Henry VI is unchanged, the monarchy becomes increasingly unpopular due to Henry's inability to govern effectively and his favouritism of certain lords. 1452 The Duke of York is persuaded to return to court and raise his army, 
to eradicate the lords around Henry VI. He continually maintains that he is loyal to the king and is fighting the king's manipulative advisers, the Queen Margaret, and not Henry VI. The king sent word to the city of London to not allow York to enter. Learning that he was refused entry to the city, the duke continued south before his disbanding his army while the king came back south to London. 1453 October Edmund of Westminster, also known as Edward of Lancaster, King Henry and Margaret of Anjou's only son, is born at Westminster. Hearing of the catastrophic defeat in France, Henry VI goes into a catatonic state, a waking coma. The Duke of York is appointed as regent in 1454 and removes and imprisons those he sees as disloyal to the crown. At the end of 1454, Henry recovers his mental faculties and dismisses York in 1455, while immediately releasing and reinstating Somerset. Unlike in 1452, York has some influential and powerful allies, including the Earls of Salisbury and Warwick. When summoned to meet with the king in fear of reprisals, they demand a meeting of their own with the king. Whilst I'm not called until the 19th century, this marks the beginning of the War of the Roses between the supporters of the House of Lancaster, Henry VI, and those of the House of York, Richard, Duke of York. From at this point, the terms Yorkist and Lancastrian will be used when describing the two factions and their allies. On the 22nd of May 1455, the first battle of the War of the Roses takes place at St Albans. The Dukes of Somerset, Buckingham, Lords Pembroke, Northumberland and Devon had secured the town with around 2,000 Lancastrian men and the King, Henry VI. They tried to hold the town against the Yorkists, led by Salisbury and Warwick, but Warwick was able to enter the town through an unguarded spot and attack the flanks of the Lancastrian barricade. Although the battle was small, it left the Dukes of Somerset, Lord Northumberland and Clifford dead. It was York's victory seeing both Edmund Beaufort, 2nd Duke of Somerset, killed and the King captured. Henry VI suffered another mental collapse, seeing the Duke of York reappointed as Lord Protector, and a short period of relative peace is established, but support for York is far from absolute. The Earl of Warwick is given the powerful position of Captain of Calais. This was one of the only forces which could be seen as a professional standing army in English control. Queen Margaret fuels anti-Yorkist sentiment at court and draws together a collection of nobles and other men with personal and familial grievances against both York and those men who are loyal to him. York's influence is undermined and in February 1456, during a period of lucidity by Henry VI, he is dismissed and excluded from royal council. 1458. The Love Day March. March the 24th. In an attempt to bring both Yorkists and Lancastrians together in peace, Henry VI led a march of both parties to a ceremony at St Paul's Cathedral. While there was great public show of reconciliation, even contemporary eyes saw it as little more than doubtless an edifying spectacle, but had little real meaning and probably deceived no one. 1459. June. It is decided by a council that the Yorkist power should be removed by force. In September, Warwick returns to England from Calais with a large force of men. They are welcomed into London before setting off north to meet with the Duke of York. 
September the 23rd, the Battle of Warheath. Led by Richard, Earl of Salisbury, the Yorkists in the north mobilised an army and headed south to meet the Duke of York at Ludlow. Salisbury was intercepted by a Lancastrian army led by Lord Albley of Blorheath in Shropshire. The Lancastrians attacked, but after the first and second recovery charges were repulsed, and then their foot soldiers were also repulsed, Lord Aylesbury was killed, and thus the remains of the Lancastrian army turned and fled. October. The Battle of Ludlow Bridge. The Earl of Warwick and his men from Calais reached Ludlow, and with a combined army of the Yorkists, attacked the King's army at Ludford Bridge near Ludlow. The men from Calais refused to fight against their king, and the thus weakened Yorkist army was defeated. Richard, Duke of York, and his youngest son escaped and fled to Ireland, whilst Salisbury, Warwick, and Edmund of March, the later Edward IV, fled to Calais. In November, a parliament is called in Coventry, and the Yorkists are condemned as rebels, and their lands are confiscated by the Crown. 1460. January. The Earl of Warwick becomes aware of the Lancastrians are building a large fleet of ships at Sandwich on the south coast, with which they planned to attack Calais. He arranges a raid led by John Dillingham to steal the ships. Early in the morning of the 15th of January, the Yorkist supporters attacked the dockyards and stole those ships that were seaworthy. With the Yorkists in control about of the seas around the south coast of England, where rampant piracy allowed them to restock and rearm their forces, the Earl of Warwick was able to leave Calais and sail to Ireland, where the Duke of York had taken refuge. There they planned their invasion of England and the defeat of the Lancastrians, while their naval forces continued to prey on any and all Lancastrian sea trade. In June, Yorkists from Calais landed on the south coast and quickly seized Sandwich. The Yorkists first marched to Canterbury, where the officers in charge of protecting the town against them joined them. They then moved on to London, where on 2nd of July they were welcomed by the Mayor of London and the Archbishop of Canterbury. In July, the Lancastrians moved south from their court in Coventry to Northampton to meet the rebels. The Yorkists, led by the Earl of Warwick, wanted to talk, but the Lancastrians, led by the Duke of Buckingham, wanted to fight. Although the Lancastrians had less men, they controlled a stronger position. When the fighting was over, the casualties were light, but the Lancastrian leaders... Buckingham, Shrewsbury and Ergment were dead and the king captured once again. Orders had been given that the king and the ordinary member should be spared, but all knights and lords should be killed. Now that the Yorkists had control of the king, among their first aims was to reverse the sentences of the attainer passed by the Coventry Parliament and to regain the confiscated lands. To this end they sent letters demanding Parliament should meet on October the 7th. In October, Richard, Duke of York, returned from Ireland and, using his claim as a direct descendant of Edward III, tried to claim the throne. The Lords refused to abandon Henry VI and Parliament agreed he should remain king until his death, after which Richard or his heir should become the next King of England. In December, Queen Margaret had been busy building an army in the north and she started attacking Yorkist holdings. Fresh from his failure to see himself crowned, Richard, Duke of York, left London with a small army to deal with the Queen. In a fit of hubris, when confronted by far superior forces while at his castle, and despite knowing that reinforcements would come, Richard attacked the Queen's men. The Battle of Wakefield left Richard, Duke of York, and his son, the Earl of Rutland, dead. Okay, listeners, that ends part one of Timeline of the History of the War of the Roses. Hope you've enjoyed this deepish dive 
into the history. Apologies for my reading, and I hope you have enjoyed Hobby Support Group bonus content. Goodbye.